0: Welcome
1: to Andor TV Talk. Hey everybody, it's Bo here. What's going on? Y'all, y'all doing good? Everybody doing good? I'm doing all right. I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. But I could do even better, and that's with your support over at findeversale.com. Of course, we got this new uh, Kickstarter campaign going on for a new project, and it is not going to happen without your support. So head over there right now. Very much appreciate those of you who do. Now let's talk about this episode right here. Okay, so we get a chance to see what this particular Imperial prison is like. It's interesting because, you know, obviously there's a lot of different prisons that are out there. We've seen different kind of Imperial, you know, encampments and otherwise... You can see the inner workings of Cassian as he's walking through and observing little components that are probably going to come in handy uh, eventually should he happen to, you know, escape from said prison. For one thing, the whole shift guards not always showing up on time. There's not exactly, you know, as as regimented as this whole imperial thing is supposed to be. There is some lapsness that's going on and that provides opportunity. Also, there's a lot of uniqueness here, right? Like the floors are literally electrocuted. So all you really have to do is get some of those handy-dandy boots and you're going to be fine. Or you play the most awesome Star Wars version of hot lava that has ever existed. Hopefully he'll be a little better at playing it than Anakin, am I right? (laughs) Okay, sorry. But beyond just kind of the mechanics of how this system works, it really is the system itself that is supposed to be this kind of, you know, an oppressive lifestyle. You know, I kind of get the sense that, like, while I've never been in prison before, I have been part of, like, a corporate machine, you know what I mean? Like, you know, you you go in, you clock in, you do the job, you you know, it, your reward is very minimal in terms of, like, you might get some flavor in your food, or your punishment is very heavy, as in, you get electrocuted or lose your health care. I mean, you know, you can kind of see what's going on here in terms of what the tools are than which the Empire is using for its own prison system to maintain order And crush the souls of those they have inside of it. We also see that the prisoners have actually been treated more harshly, and at least their sentences have been increased, as if everyone there is being punished for the actions that Cassian and the other rebels recently took to send a message to the Empire. The ironic nature of all of this is that Cassian's like I didn't do anything. I was a tourist. And the reality is is he's actually the one that is responsible or at least one of the ones that is responsible for exactly what's happening. Now I was kind of confused as to why his former rebel uh I guess cohorts are actually looking for him and back on his home planet. Or at least the planet that he was, you know, originally from in the beginning of the series. I mean, I might need to go back and rewatch to just kind of be reminded. It's been a look, we've got a lot of a lot of TV going on right now, so it can be kind of hard to keep up with all the the side plots from here, there and otherwise. But I didn't quite understand like why they went back to there or, or why they would even necessarily want to find Cassian. I'm sure there's a very good reason for it. I just need to go back and, and rewatch that. But obviously, his mother figure is uh, ill. And so, you know, back home, they're trying to get a hold of him to let him know and kind of figure out. What's going on? Where is he? And what has happened to him? They don't know. And neither, by the way, to Skarsgård, who the Empire is starting to circle around. We start getting more into who his character is and what his motivations are. He, like, is kind of this connecting point where all of these little fractal rebel cells are starting to congeal or more accurately, he is actively trying to work to congeal these various rebel cells. We get the introduction or the reintroduction, if you will, of Saw in this episode. Saw of course, a character that has appeared in a lot of different Star Wars media and has often been put forth as like the most radical of all of these rebel cells. And what I find fascinating is that he's sitting back and he's kind of commenting on how impossible it is for these different fractions to actually work together you have former separatists you have former republic people you have what do you say cultists um, what what is that about not to mention his own group of you know self proclaimed anarchists like there's there's all of these different Groups and it's Skarsgard's like right here in the middle, and he's actively working to recruit them all and bring them all together into what will eventually become the Rebel Alliance. Unfortunately, I think that this means that Skarsgard is not gonna make it to the end of this series. Because it seems like whenever there is like one person who is working to bring the group together, it's generally their death that ends up being the thing that, you know, ultimately will kind of be that inspiration or kind of unifying factor. Because he was working with all these folks, all these folks cared about him, now he's dead, and now that becomes a unifying thing, or at least the spark of a unifying thing that gets them ready to work together. We also see the use, you know, kind of the further use of oppression, right? Like, he's he's putting pressure on the empire so that the excessive pressure they receive will raise up rebellion in the more laid back amongst the imperial citizens. And it's having an effect. It's certainly having an effect on the prison system. And we see that the prison system is getting more and more filled with people that really just didn't do anything. So we're getting very close to that moment of like a declaration of rebellion, of a unified rebellion. And I think that's what we're like leading up to here. Since this is very much a prequel to Rogue One, we know in Rogue One that at that point, the rebel leaders are much more active. They are working together. Mon Mothma is amongst them. Like, you know, this is this is happening. So, yeah, I think I think that's ultimately what we're leading up to here. I'm curious if in prison, Cassian is going to create K2 uh, or was it KT? Yeah, K2. So I think it'd be really cool if uh, if he gets like created in this place or is reprogrammed by Cassian as part of the the prison break. Would be pretty cool. I mean, not necessary, but I mean, we have already seen the robot, so we know that we've got at least the you know the footage or the the model or whatever the right phraseology is. This the effect of K2 exists in this series, and therefore. Yeah, I think it, I think it, I think it's a safe bet we'll be seeing him. Mon Mothma is still struggling to get the funds that she needs to do question mark. We don't quite know where she's at yet with this. You know, the way her daughter and her husband are acting around her is very sus. I'm thinking that she's going to get sold out by her family. Again, by the time that we get to Rogue One, Mon Mothma is actively with the rebellion. Like she's not living it up and enjoying that really classy view. She is down in the muck, you know, hanging out in caves with the rebels. And we don't see her daughter. We don't see her husband. We don't see her family. I think her family is going to ultimately sell her out. And they probably are actually actively in that process right now. Oh, and uh, old boy uh, from the forums, he he got uh, he got, you know, he, he tried to get a promotion and he kept on reporting this thing about Cassian. And, uh, you know, the like hardcore Imperial ladies like, yeah, what up? You can't you can't have my job. What's going on? And he's like, well, I want to, but I want to, I'm I'm like, I'm, I'm way more Imperial than you are. And she's like, watch, I'm the most Imperial. He's like, I mean, like test me, you know, let's, let's go. So I think that those two are going to make just great, great, angry, angry allies. (laughs) As they they hunt down uh, what is essentially the same thing without perhaps knowing it. Oh, uh, shout out to you, Lauren, who popped up uh, this episode again for like a brief moment. Love you, Lauren. Great, great seeing him again. Yeah, but ultimately this was just kind of moving the needle forward. There wasn't like a big aha moment or anything of that nature. A further exploration of the world or kind of the universe and specifically what life under imperial rule is like. I thought it was fascinating. I think the cleanness of the prison in particular was just eerily awful Um, in like, you know, like there's just something strange about that, right? Like we think of like, oh, grungy dungeon type of whatever, but no, this was like pristine because of just the massive amounts of layered authority that is kind of built in to keep the prisoners in line and at work as they make what is the weapons and the tools of their own oppression? Fascinating stuff. Looking forward to seeing what happens next week. Let me know your thoughts. Head over to Twitter. Use the hashtag AndorTVtalk, and TV talk. And yeah, hopefully we'll continue to get some really great episodes out of this. Who knows where it's really ultimately going? It's it's interesting. It's kind of fun finally to watch a series and not know where it's going. You know, like it's, it's kind of fun like that. I mean, I, I, you know, we know that it's kind of probably leading up to the announcement of the rebellion or something of that nature. But at the same time, there's no real you know, big, bad. There's no real kind of moments that we know that we're building up to. There's no dance of the dragons. There's no forging of the rings. You see what I'm saying? So it's kind of fun to like exist in this space and just, and just enjoy the universe of star Wars. That's going to do it for me for today, but don't worry. I'll be back in a flash.